Hey guys, today I've got Jimmy. Jimmy is the founder and CEO of Sendlane.com. They're an email marketing platform for e-commerce brands. Today, he's going to be talking all about what he's seeing with all the data points he has about iOS 15. He's also going to share some tips and tricks that he believes are working for his customers and can work for really anyone on any platform. Jimmy, how are you? Good, good. Uh, Thanks for having me on this uh, podcast. Yeah, man. I know I told you before, I appreciate you. You really came in clutch for me a couple of weeks ago when I needed to get some emails out. So thank you. Uh, You know, in 20 or 30 seconds, can you explain what Sendlane is? And then let's dive into kind of iOS 15. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sendlane's an email and SMS marketing automation platform for e-commerce merchants. Uh, You know, we boast uh, a deep data set of integrations where you can use data to drive your results for your email and SMS marketing. Love it, man. Super concise. All right, let's talk about iOS 15. Do you want to kind of just share like what you're seeing? And I guess really quickly for those that have missed iOS 15, I guess starting at a high level, what it is, and I guess what you're seeing in any tips. Yeah, absolutely. So iOS 15 was the latest update that happened with the uh, the iPhone devices. Eventually, this the same update will go across what is an iPad OS and OS X and so forth. You generally see it kind of happen. But the recent update was all about privacy, as that's a hot topic in the world. And what's happened essentially is very simple. Um, the way that email today tracks when someone opens an email is through something called a pixel, and it's a, called an invisible pixel. And what that invisible pixel does when someone opens it, it loads in the background and it fires a trigger or a message back to the ESP like us. And what that does is it uh, counts that person as an open. So that's what the iOS update. There was a lot of other things the iOS update did, but that was the main thing that everyone's freaking out about. You know, what's funny is, uh, you know, uh, uh, iOS 14 was when they came out with anonymous email where you can sign up for different things as well, too. And we've been kind of watching that as well, too. And then now with iOS 15 kind of happening. So that deployed, what, about two weeks ago with the announcement. And uh, we've been kind of watching what's been happening with iOS. And it's been really interesting on the data side as we've kind of been looking and watching to see what happens. First of all, adoption is much slower. I think there's plenty of articles in the world that are talking about the adoption being much slower. And I think the adoption is slower, not because, because everyone was rushing out to get this part of the feature. You know, every time Apple brings out a new device, they bring out this new iOS. And every time they're bringing out something more innovative, more exciting, I don't think there was a lot of exciting things that happened with this iOS, which is not why there wasn't like a horde of people going out and running off and getting it. I think the last iOS was much more exciting. However, you know, the adoption will happen as people change their phones to the newest phone, will upgrade eventually because their apps and their favorite tools need to run off the newest one. But the entire idea behind iOS 15 was privacy and focusing on consumer privacy to ultimately give the customer a better experience, which I think Inherently, some of the things that they're trying to get better experiences are worsening, just like iOS 14 did with uh, the tracking of the Facebook ads and everything that comes off of websites. It's the same idea. I don't think that I think that privacy is being taken a little bit too far in some sense. However, it's here and we as marketers must adapt and learn from that. So I'll kind of start off with Chase and talk about some stats we have. And I think these stats are really interesting, in my opinion, because what we did was instead of going out and just kind of trying to figure this out, we did the data-driven approach as a company. And since we're an actual ESP and we've gone our own delivery infrastructure, we were able to go out and really look deeply into our system. And so what we did was we analyzed a lot of our data. And I'm, I'm, we're analyzing based about about 1.5 billion emails a month. And we took about 70 million unique email addresses across 1,700 plus businesses across 90 countries. And we said, hey, let's take this understanding and say, what is the actual data? Well, first, let's talk about click data, right? What's pretty interesting, and I'll give you the exact number, which is 25.56% of all clicks over the last seven days were iOS 
driven. Essentially, they were opening and clicking it from a mobile device. So we, we learned that really fast. So if you have 100 people, roughly 25 to 26 pe people are opening their device on iOS. So that was the first number we saw really interesting. And that, that drove us to start thinking about, all right, well, you know, Sendlane does click attribution for revenue tracking. And that means that we're only looking at it from a post-clicks action. And we wanted to look at that because we inherently always think that open attribution is wrong and flawed. And that's a whole separate topic we can talk about later. Uh, but when we think about the click side of it, what we saw really interesting, the average cart value across our entire platform we saw was $93.82, right? Now, we split that up and said, what about an iOS user versus a non-iOS user? And so a non-iOS user we found was the average value is $90.74, where the iOS average user is $99.30. So about a 9.5% difference increased from uh, an average cart value. So that's telling us really quickly that iOS users are more valuable or they're more consumers, they're spending more money than the typical user as well too, right? So that's interesting data. I think that should be really thought about. And then the bigger thing around there is that we said, all right, well, let's keep diving into that click to purchase and let's start looking at conversion rates. And I think this is the more jarring and alarming data that we saw, right? So the average conversion rate from email to sale was 0.68%, all right? So they clicked on the email and they made a purchase, not open, but they clicked and they made a purchase from that email in a five-day window, okay? So we're using those data sets. From there, we saw 0.68% conversion rate of everybody across our platform uh, for all our e-commerce companies. And so then we dug in and said, well, let's start breaking that down a little bit as more too. And what we saw was pretty incredible here, but a non-iOS user, a non-iOS user conversion is 0.58%, okay? So that means that they're opening from desktop, tablet, anything but an Apple device or an iPhone, right? Uh, and then we flipped over and said, well, what about the iOS user number? Well, the iOS user number is 1.02%. That's almost 75%. Actually, it is over 75, 76% almost uh, conversion difference between an iOS user and a non-iOS user that clicks and converts to actual revenue, right? Now, that's, that's the big thing to think about. And I think that's a big data that you can think back and say, holy crap, like that data is telling me something very unique and that I have to be thinking about these users in a very meaningful way when you're thinking about how do I approach iOS? Because I think a lot of people are worried about now. I'll tell you where iOS has been really interesting is that, you know, we all in the market and everybody made a lot of predictions about what and how the device will act. All right. So I'll tell you how it acts. It's very simple. When you send an email to an iOS device user, what Apple is inherently doing is they're caching your images, your links, everything that is happening on email. So when we deploy an email, what you immediately see is an open rate that happens right behind it. It's not actually opening it. It's because it's loading everything on the email, including that invisible pixel I talked about earlier, which is going to load and fire off what an ISP has in, uh, or ESP generally has for um, an open rate, right? However, this is where we got really interesting is because we didn't see initial effect right away because we didn't, we recognized something that was really interesting was that the way that we had in our system, we've got a lot of different bot and spam protection built into our system because as marketers, we care about this and we know and understand that when you send an email, Chase doesn't just open it immediately and start clicking on all the links. However, bots do, systems do, so does Apple. And so what we recognize is that that second click or second open that happens, so when a device opens the first time, okay, it gets marked and gets ignored essentially on an iOS device. And on the second open, we can count that as a real human because the second time it's open, it's because a human is actually opening it. Well, inherently, what was interesting with that data 
is that we were already protecting against ourselves with that. So we actually didn't have to make any changes to see iOS devices versus non. We just have an inherent log of data that showed us that our theory was actually 100% correct. So we actually had zero effect from iOS, uh, iOS changes because we were already tracking it properly and correctly. And actually, I've seen a couple of the more premier ESPs start acting on the same data and information that they've learned by themselves. And, it, and we felt like brilliant geniuses in our own way because we did this not because of iOS or any other reason. We were looking to protect, identify from bots. And people might not know this, but bots, spiders, spam traps, everything they inherently will open and click your emails, not only just click your emails, but click everything in your email sometimes or click one uh, thing because that's what they're designed to do to keep engaged on your thing. Uh, I know that people always think active means open or click on an email. Unfortunately, open and click emails don't always mean that they're real people at the end of the day. There's bots and spiders and spam traps and different things that do the same thing. So we were trying to block for that from a long time ago as performance marketers and we inherently been using that same technology. Now, there's other things that you need to be thinking about, but that was the first thing that we learned around there as well, too. And so I know, you know, being on this podcast, one of the main things that, you, you know, Chase asked me was like, you know, what are we recommending to people and what are we thinking about with different things? And, I, and we've broken it up and we started to think about this. And, you know, some of these things are pretty known to the world. However, uh, I'll kind of break down kind of a couple of the best tips or the best practices that we've seen in this market. Uh, first and foremost is the confirmed opt-in or the double opt-in. I know people freak out and panic over the idea because, you know, they think the list size needs to be big and, uh, you know, they're going to miss these subscribers and so forth. Well, let me, let me tell you, and I always put this back in the person's shoes and I say, when you get an email and you opt into something, you make a purchase, you get a free coupon. What do you generally do? You rush over to your inbox generally to go find that coupon or email, right? Well, that's how all your subscribers generally are acting and moving. If they're subscribing and they're not rushing over to their email, their intent was pretty low to begin with in most cases. Now, obviously, if you've got a good confirmation email or you've been able to deploy that immediately and be in their inbox, they're going to eventually get to it and confirm that. I know it's not a popular uh, a, agreement in the world, especially in the United States, but if you start flipping over and going to Europe and Euro other places, you'll learn that that's a pretty common practice. And I think what the evolution of marketing is going to change is, again, I, I see you chase the chase preaches all of them. It's no longer about the size of your list anymore. It's about the engagement and the quality of your list. And what you're doing by doing a confirmed opt-in is all about quality. Not to mention... I think Virginia Consumer Data Protection, Colorado Privacy Stack, Nevada Privacy. We already have C uh, uh, what's that? Castle already out there. GDPR, CCPA. All of these are kind of pointing us all into that general direction. Now that doesn't mean you need to go do it today or tomorrow until the law comes into place. However, I look at this as almost a best practice moving forward because it's now talking about making sure you're paying and housing and storing the information of people who actually want to be on your list, no longer just being forcing them and. Just because they're lazy to unsubscribe or they don't know how to unsubscribe is not a good metric to have them sit on your list. In fact, you want the people who are engaged, who want to know from your, more from your brand, who want those marketing emails. That's true opt-in and consumer privacy because you've said to someone, can I send you that email? And that's also going to protect you for all these different changes that continue to happen because what Apple just did, I think will continue to trickle down into other providers, other apps, other different things. Android might look at this and think the same thing as well too. So that's the first best practice, probably an unpopular one. However, it is one that's out there and should be thought about as well, right? The second one is segmentation, Chase. I'm not going to go into this because you preach this out like crazy. Segment your data, look at other data points, look at their engagement, your website, your engagement of your email and SMS, 
uh, your social aspect. I mean, all of those are different engagement points that you should be tracking anyways. And as long as you're using that data and you're using segmentation and have a good, good tool that integrates well to your shopping cart, like a Shopify, you should have the data available at your fingertips. So I'm not going to break into that. That's always been a big case, but I think now it's more relevant than ever. And if you're using something really basic, uh, like MailChimp, for example, you need to really be thinking about moving because you can't do that on a platform like theirs. And that pretty much puts you in handcuffs right away. All right. Uh, the third thing I think about is other metrics. I think to see clicks have always been treated like this. I got X amount of CTR. Well, now it's time to look at the clicks and start breaking them down and start realizing what's the path and journey behind those users and start thinking about both positive and negative clicks. Positive clicks are clicking on your CTAs, clicking on your main call to actions across your email. But then you've got some, I would say, neutral CTAs, which are ones clicking on auxiliary things that just generally don't get clicked on very often. And then the negative click, which is people clicking on your unsubscribe, your managed subscription, uh, you know, support. I mean, those are all like negative clicks, in my opinion, because a lot of those are people who are complaining or don't want to be a part of this or who have no idea who you are, right? You need to start looking at your clicks in a very different way, breaking out that. And then secondly, looking at where do they go afterwards? Where's the natural path? Are they landing on what you're promoting or not? Because just like before, I don't think it makes any difference. Clicks are an engagement metric that really tells you how engaged they, they like your message. Are they interested in you? Do they know you? And ultimately, are they interested in your product or service that you're offering? And a lot of times what you'll see is people complain about high unsubscribes. The reason why you have high unsubscribes is because you aren't targeting the proper message in the proper life cycle of the user. And therefore, you message and target them with the wrong message, essentially, right? So that's, that's something that I like to think about. Um, some other things that you can think about, start thinking about is obviously A-B split testing obviously no longer works quite as easily. You should be thinking about how to start testing other parts, mainly your CTA, in my opinion, if you're not optimizing for clicks for revenue now and you're using open rates, so you're just not doing yourself a service. You should be optimizing your split testing completely on CTA now at this point or revenue tracking as well too. And then of course, the last one, and I think the most obvious one is content. I think what, what's been really exciting and near to dear my heart is I'm a, I'm a direct response copywriter at heart. That's where I started my journey in marketing. And I think the rise of copywriters are finally here after almost a decade plus. And people now realize that fancy pictures and just putting a bunch of pictures or sales on an email are no longer working in marketing anymore. And what you've got to do is actually have someone who's curating a journey, a user experience, a copywriter who can talk and speak your brand language, the way you want to message, the way you want to market it, and actually to grip a compelling reason for someone. I always say like the thing that I always say is the three E's of email, which is excite, edify, excite, educate, and edify, right? Excite them with a great subject line, educate them with great content, and edify them with a click, right? That's to me a recipe of a perfect email. That recipe is now so important when you're thinking about email these days and when you're thinking about what a great email needs. So suddenly... I think what it's all done it all all iOS has done is brought awareness to up leveling that marketing no longer can be a function of your you know my general marketer who does email on the side you should have and if you were serious about this in digital space not just email but SMS and all the other channels you might use you need dedicated people more than ever now to be focused on it because there's an expertise that's coming out starting with copy but not only that segmentation and data and analysis and understanding journey and bringing life cycle experience into place. When you think about all that, it's no longer just this one person who does this plus the website plus this. It's a focused person, maybe even two people with an analyst behind it. And let's face it, it's number one driver of revenue. Why aren't you putting all the resources behind it? And I think that's another thing that people miss in the world as well too. So 
that's my take on iOS and kind of like what we've seen in the market. Obviously, we're still learning. I think one of the things that we're always inherently learning with this stuff, the changes, every change is a change in the world. I've lived through many, many changes in the world with everything that we've seen in marketing. And I think this is just another change. And all of this will do is level up the people who are good, who are listening to them, taking, taking great educational courses, learning and being on the top and forefront of things. And then the people who are just kind of doing the old age, black, bass and blatch, these are who dies in this market. And that's okay because those people probably need to die off in the market anyways. They need to either evolve or die and just the cycle of marketing. And I, I look at it at the end of the day as just another thing that we need to continue to work on and be better at. And in a year from now, we'll be chasing iOS 17. No more emails are ever tracked, for example. Who knows, right? We don't know what the future is holding, but depending on how this privacy movement happens, we do know that it may continue to change and evolve as well too. So there's my take, Chase. I know that was really long-winded. I kind of ran with it. Hopefully I gave some good information there and some thought processes, but I'll pause there and say, what can I help from questions that you might've heard? Yeah, this is this is fantastic. And actually on that point, if people drop questions on this video, are you willing to come back and kind of answer them either in comment or do another video? Is that something you're open to? Absolutely. I'm always open to it. I, you know, I'm 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 weirdly social, meaning I will always respond and comment and follow things around. I'm just not as good about uh posting new stuff. I it's a personal goal of mine as well, too. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, absolutely. Please link me and I will make sure that I can respond to your video or maybe a Twitter post on any questions that people have. Because I know this has been glaring questions that people have been thinking about. Amazing. So you, you heard Jimmy, if you have any questions, drop them on the YouTube video. If you're watching that, tweet at Jimmy and then Jimmy. So it's sendlane.com, S-E-N-D-L-A-N-E.com is where people could find your business. Where can people find you personally? My email, I'll give it out on this podcast, jkim or jk, just jk at sendlane.com is perfect. And you'll get awesome. right to me. And I'm happy to help you regardless of if you're a customer of mine. I think for me, I'm just enthusiastic about the market and what we're doing in the market. And, you know, it comes with a lot of email expertise on our background. So I'm happy to help or guide along or, you know, obviously there's a level of complexity that I can help you with. However, I'm here and I'm always available to help. And to, to Chase's point, Post on the uh, YouTube channel. That way everyone can learn as well too. That's usually my best and favorite place. So I can tell you exactly what's actually happening for your, uh, for your business and your email. Amazing. Jimmy, thank you so much. And thank you and the Sendline team for all your help You know, a few weeks ago. Really appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Cheers.